You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. We're talking this month about the greatest and ultimate avenger. And one of the things that I want to do is not so much in the form of a disclaimer, but to let you know that we're not necessarily promoting the movie so we can increase box sales or box office sales. But we do want to capitalize on an opportunity that's basically in the forefront of our media today that can be relevant to us reaching this generation. And so uh, it's interesting, uh, the new release, in the, it's the current buzz in, in the media culture, uh, but it's opening weekend, the movie grossed $257 million. That's uh, pretty impressive when it comes to movie making. Uh, so it shows there's a popularity, there's a draw, and I believe part of that is because people are looking for somebody to save them from destruction. They're looking for a hero in their life that can make a difference. And so it's, it's really appealing to the need of, of, of mankind, and that's why these movies are created. And, and I, I shared with you that every great movie or story has certain components that make it great and make it successful. There's a great conflict, that's one component. There's a great sacrifice, there's a great victory. There's also an evil villain, and there's a victorious champion. And and so we see that played out in every great story. We see that in the greatest story ever told uh, of our human history, with Jesus being our Savior and Redeemer. It's important uh, to know that uh, God is wanting to involve us in the greatest story ever told. And so sometimes movie makers, they try to uh, grab things that really have a redemptive value because people are looking for redemption. Um, In the latest Avenger film, The Age of Ultron, there is an evil villain, and he is a robot that basically ultimately wants to destroy the world. But you know, and he's, he's so much the picture of Satan. He just, you see this guy, and he just like, oh, this, this is the evil one, and, and he's trying to corrupt people, mislead them, deceive them, and, and, and we know that that's what we're up against. We're facing an enemy, and some people might not believe that Satan exists or that he's an issue to reckon with, but he is a, a real, and he's somebody that we must be aware of so that we can know how to deal with him. But we know that somebody won a victory over him. And we know who that person is, the ultimate avenger, right? Jesus Christ. Uh, Last week, we talked about Captain America. And one of the things in closing I shared with you from Romans 12, 19. My charge to you was to never avenge yourself. You are not the avenger of your life. Jesus Christ is. So you need to step back and make room for God to intervene in your life when you're facing crisis, when you're at that place where you want to get even, you want to take revenge, you want to even the score, you need to step back and make room for Jesus to step into the scene of your life. In Romans 12, 19, it says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So it's, it's not your place to even the score. It's not your place to get even, but it's your place to make room for Jesus. 
because he's the one who's your advocate. He's the one battling for you. And even if you're dealing with a crisis, you're dealing with something that's attacking your life and, and bringing uh, confusion and bringing heartache and bringing uh, devastation, we know that Jesus is the one who will avenge for you. He is your avenger. Can you say amen to that? Today's passage is found in Ephesians 4.26 and 6. Ephesians 4.26. And let's uh, take a look at this. If you have your Bibles open up there. And I'm reading actually from the New Living Translation. It says, and don't let sin, or don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. See, let's pray. Okay, we'll pray right here. Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word this morning. We thank you for revelation, knowledge, and insight that we can gain from the truth of your word. Help us, Father, to allow truth to bring freedom in areas where there may be bondage, where there may be challenges that we're facing. Thank you today for moving upon the hearts of these people as, as you reveal yourself. Encounter us, Father, with what you've done to intervene on our behalf. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Now, when we look at this passage, we realize that it's very clear that the Scripture is saying you need to get your anger under control because you either control your anger or your anger controls you. And anger is, is one of the things that we all deal with at one level or another. But anger is something that even Jesus experienced, but yet it did not bring him to a point where he compromised the truth or where it caused him to sin. He was able to keep it in control. Now, when we talk about the Hulk, this is an interesting character. I don't want to necessarily spend a lot of time talking about him, but yet we need to address the obvi obvious character issue that he deals with because it does relate to all of us. And, you know, uh, we don't want to necessarily say it, but there may be that green monster in all of us that sometimes wants to erupt and it causes havoc and causes devastation because when anger is in control, you are not in control. And then you do things that you may regret, that you may feel remorseful and saying, oh God, why did I allow that to happen? It's because anger was in charge in that moment. And the story of the Hulk is this guy called Bruce Banner, Dr. Bruce Banner, who's working on a scientific experiment. It's breakthrough research, and something goes terribly wrong, okay, in the story. Uh, the, the experiment is supposed to figure out how to make a body resistant to certain types of radiation. And uh, the opposite actually happens, and Banner is is hit with these gamma rays. I don't know what a gamma ray is, folks, but it's, it's, you know, you have to watch the film, I guess. But somehow it alternates uh, his genetic code, and it causes his body to go through this metamorphosis, and he becomes this angry, green, big guy. 
And so then he destroys things, okay? And years ago, there was a, a television series, and every week, you know, it would be the same thing played out with just a little different thing. And um, I, I used to watch that growing up as a kid, and uh, I don't know if anybody else did, but um, anyway, so this Hulk has been kind of in our culture for quite a few years, portrayed in different ways. And in this most recent movie, um, it seems like Bruce kind of gets things a little bit under control where he can transform at will and he can sometimes control, you know, he can control his anger to make it more uh, positively directed at um, what the opposition really is, okay? And so, uh, but he's still kind of the wild card of the bunch, okay? So that's all I'll say. I don't want to give any spoilers, okay? I might have already said too much there. Anyway. Now, Hulk's character, if, you know, you look at the Bible and you find out, is there a Bible character that he's most like? And, and I think it would have to be Samson because, uh, you know, and I could just leave it at that. Um, and the story of, of Hulk is really about men trying to play God because in this scientific experiment, and, and it all went bad. However, the solution to the problem, again, is not man to solve the problem. And yet often in the Hulk, that's what he's trying to do. Bruce is researching and trying to fix the problem himself. And I've never seen him actually pray, say, okay, God, could you help me? He never turns to God. He's, he's looking to himself. And often that's what we do. We look to ourselves for the solution. We look to ourselves for help. And we don't reach out to God who's already avenged us, who's already paid the price for us so that our problems can be addressed and fixed, right? Now, Jesus, the ultimate avenger, was focused on fixing our problem. And guess what? He succeeded. He succeeded in that effort. Now, we can be angry without sinning, it's when anger controls you that you end up sinning. Anger out of control is a major source of sin in our lives. See, God's plan is for you to control your anger, not for it to control you. Now, it's interesting because in our culture today, we see that anger is rampant. We see it in many forms, from mild to destructive behavior. It's played out all over the world, and, and we can see it in our nation through acts of terrorism, uh, racial and social injustices, rioting, relig religious persecution. And this thing, which is more recent, a, ma a manifestation of anger is road rage. Did you know last year alone, 1,500 uh, people were injured or died because of road rage? People are taking anger out behind the wheel. And, and that's that automobile or that vehicle they're in only amplifies their anger to give them a more destructive force when it comes to expressing that anger. And so these are things that we need to look at in our culture. Now, you might ask, did Jesus ever get angry? I think I've already mentioned that. Yes, he did. In fact, if you look at Mark 3, 5, um, 
See, Jesus' anger was a righteous anger when he saw injustice, when he saw iniquity imposing devastation upon humanity. But in Mark chapter 3, 5, we, in, in, there's a little backdrop here. Jesus heals a man that had a withered hand. But he did it. There was anger that rose up in him because of the hypocrisy of the religious leaders of the day. So then when he had looked around at them with anger. Now, these, he was looking at the religious leaders, the people that were supposed to really be helping the people. He looked at them with anger because of the hypocrisy. And it goes on to say, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. So in anger, Jesus healed, in, in a sense. But the anger was, was a cause or was a result of the hypocrisy, the hardness of hearts of the people that were around him at that time, their unbelief. So those things can stir up anger in Jesus. So, you know, I think for myself, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be full of unbelief. I don't want to stir that up in Jesus. I know he loves me. And, and, and you know something? As much as I love my children and parents, maybe you can relate to this. There are times I have been angry with them. Okay, I'm confessing right now, folks. How many of you have ever been angry at your kids? Okay. But uh, because they you know, did something goofy, you know. How could he have done that? You know, you get upset. But uh, so uh, there are times where a parent will get angry with a child. There are times that mothers, as sweet as you are, um, you will get angry with your children. But yet that anger should never harm the child, right? It should be an anger that's channeled to be constructive, to deal with the issue to deal with the problem that's being, that's being manifested at that time. Now, there are life lessons that we need to learn. And I, I think of another place, Jesus, in Matthew 21, verse 12, we see where Jesus cleansed the temple. Again, it was because of hypocrisy and the greed of those that were merchandising the house of God. They were... Uh, their motives weren't right. They were not kingdom-minded. They were self-focused. See, Jesus was passionate for standing for truth and protecting the interest of his Father. And so those, those are things that anger me. There's certain things that get us upset. When I see the direction of, of, of the course of this nation and where it's going, there's certain things that get agitated in me, but it's a righteous indignation. It's a righteous agitation, and it causes us to stand up or it should and to do something about it. And that's a constructive way of dealing with your anger. Use it to motivate you to do what's right, not to do something that's wrong or harmful or hurtful. Amen? So as we look at certain life lessons, whenever we go through something, we have to ask ourselves the question, what can I learn from this? Uh, what can we learn from this? What lessons can we learn from the Hulk? You might say, I don't even care. 
But let's consider for a moment what we might learn, okay? Now, the first thing is, I, I would say, is remain teachable. Remain teachable. Uh, and there's a scripture we see in James 1.20. It, it says, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So your anger isn't going to bring you to a level of, of doing what's right, necessarily. But we need to remain teachable. Because if you're teachable, you're reachable. Be open for correction. Be open for rebuke. It's not always pleasant. It might get you upset if, if somebody gets in your face and say, you need to shape up, you know, or ship out, you know. Um, but one of the things that I want to give you here very quickly is four points on this disarming destructive anger. These are things that we can learn uh, from the Hulk First of all, admit you're angry. Admit your anger. Sometimes you try to hide it. Oh, I'm not really angry. I'm not angry. Oh, yes, you are. You're upset. You're angry. Ad admit that you're angry. Don't, don't try to pretend you're not when you are. And then secondly, release it to God. Ask him to help you to deal with it. I mean, I don't have time to get into the story, but you've heard my story about Johnny Hernandez. That guy made me very angry. But I had to give it to God. And in giving it to God, God gave me such a profound love for that individual that I could not only forgive him, but be a vessel that God used to share the gospel to that individual where his heart was changed. And after releasing it to God, then number three, another lesson we can learn is deal with today's anger today. Don't stretch it out. See, God gave a timeline to us for dealing with anger, and it's sundown. You need to deal with it before the sun goes down. He's literally saying, deal with it today so it's not carried over into tomorrow. Don't let it be a part of your future. Don't let it linger. Don't let it be long-lasting. Because the longer it's there, the more toxic it will be to your emotions, to your life. It's going to destroy relationships because anger that's out of control is a relationship destroyer. How many marriages end in divorce? And the root there is because of anger in conflicts that were unable to be resolved. And then number four, forgive. Although you want to make somebody pay for their wrongdoing, choose to let it go. Ephesians 4.32 says, forgive even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. But even though we forgive, and I always like to mention this because sometimes people say, well, do I have to forgive? Yes, you have to forgive. Because you're born of love, you're born of God, you have the capacity to love as he loves, you have the capacity to forgive as he forgives, so you can forgive, you must forgive, it's for your good. But when it comes to trusting that individual again, Trust has to be rebuilt before you can fully trust them. And that's where you can draw the line. So, you know, I forgive you, but we need to work on this trust issue. I need to see that you're worthy of trust, trustworthy. Oh, we have to give them a chance to prove themselves worthy of trust again. But, yeah. And so other life lessons. Jesus is the antidote for Bruce Banner's anger issues that he's looking for, and yet he never seems to discover it. 
Could you imagine if he would get saved? Yeah, that would help. Um, probably wouldn't make movie ratings. But, uh, and then Jesus, when trusted, is able to address our anger issues. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. When you acknowledge Jesus as the ultimate avenger, you will find the answer to your problem. And you won't have to end up in facing ultimate destruction. And see, we know that when you think about the world, and there's a lot of talk about it coming to an end, all this talk about ultimate destruction. Many people are fearful because the future is uncertain. They don't know what's going to happen. And so Jesus is our hope for the future and our security that we can look to. Now, another lesson we can learn is you need time to cool off. You need time to diffuse your anger or channel it in a non-destructive way or use it constructively. And Psalms 4.4, which is a parallel to what we see in Ephesians, it says, be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Sometimes you need to just quiet down. Sometimes you just need to sit down and chill. And see, are you easily provoked? I'm going to ask you this question as we get ready to close here. Are you easily provoked? What provokes you? What makes you angry? You might say, you make me angry. No, I can't make you angry. I might provoke you to anger, but anger is something that you allow to to rise up in you. No one can make you angry. Anger is, is how you choose to respond to a situation, but there are better responses. Amen? In Proverbs 15.1, the scripture says, a soft answer turns away wrath. But there are other, uh, actually, let me read that again. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So respond softly if somebody's harsh with you. You can diffuse anger rather than inflame it. And then Proverbs 14.29, it says, he who is slow to anger has great understanding. But he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. We need to cry out to God. And in this hour, I don't know what you're dealing with in this moment of time. But if you're here today and you're facing an issue, you're facing a crisis, you're facing a problem, and, and guess what? No one is exempt from problems. No one is, what I would say, problem-free. Now, we cast all of our care on him who cares for us. But we have issues. We have challenges. I want you just to bow your heads for a moment because we really want to give you an opportunity to connect with the greatest avenger, the ultimate avenger, because he's here today to encounter you. In Luke 8, 17... The scripture reads, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? In other words, he'll put up with us, but we need to cry out. And I want to just challenge you right now to cry out from within your heart. 
with whatever you're facing. Because there is a promise of victory for you. There is no problem that God doesn't have an answer for. It may not be necessarily always what you want or to work out the way you want it to, but he does have a solution. He does have help for you in the time of your need. Now, the greatest need is the need of salvation, the need of forgiveness. You cannot live this life without receiving forgiveness of sins and spend eternity in paradise, in the place of God's presence. Jesus made a way for you to know him. He made a way for you to receive him and to come into a relationship with him. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's an encounter with the real God that wants to meet you right where you're at. Or do we have to make all these changes before we're worthy of God's love? No, we simply say, Lord, here I am. We give our life to him. We surrender to him. And we make him our ultimate avenger. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.